Chapter 9 The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanseth us from all sin. 1 John 1, verse 7 One week ago we saw that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Tonight we shall see that the blood of Jesus, whom we saw to be the Son of God, cleanses certain persons from every trace of sin, and we shall see also how we ourselves can become such persons as are cleansed from every trace of sin by the blood of Christ Jesus. How We Know That the Blood of Jesus Cleanses from All Sin The first question that confronts us tonight is, how do we know that the blood of Jesus cleanses from every trace of sin? First, we know that the blood of Jesus cleanses from every trace of sin because the Bible says so, and we have seen on former occasions that the whole Bible is the Word of God, and everything it says is undoubtedly and unqualifiedly true. I have no hesitation in believing without any qualification, reduction, discount, or attempt at a spiritualizing and vaporizing evasion of its plain meaning everything this book says, or, to be more exact and definite, everything that God, who cannot lie, says in this book. In our text, we read what God says, not what John says, but what God says. The blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Practically, the same thought is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, American Standard Version. We have our redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. God tells us here, through Paul, that the believer in Jesus Christ has redemption, in other words, the forgiveness of his sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness of sin is not something the believer in Christ is to get at some time in the future when he has gone through purgatory or when he has struggled long and successfully against his sinful tendencies and against his temptations. He does not get it when he comes to die or when the Lord Jesus comes back again. Forgiveness of sins is something the believer in Jesus Christ gets because of the atoning sacrifice of the blood of Christ. He receives that forgiveness the moment he accepts Jesus Christ as his own personal Savior, the one who made perfect atonement for his sins on the cross of Calvary. When he surrenders to Jesus as his Lord and Master and confesses him as such before the world, forgiveness is his. Forgiveness of sin is something anyone in this audience tonight can get right now. Anyone can know that every sin he ever committed, or ever shall commit, every sin great or small, the blackest sin that any man or woman could ever commit, and the smallest sin he ever did commit, are all blotted out of God's book and out of God's remembrance forever. Oh, this precious gospel is needed by every one of us needed by you, fine women, who smugly admire your own immaculate virtue, as well as by the women upon whom you would scarcely condescend to wipe your feet because of her disgusting vileness and indescribable shame. This gospel is needed by you, Nathaniels, Israelite and Israelites indeed, in whom is no guile, John chapter 1, verse 47, as well as by the publican who strikes his breast and cries, God be merciful to me a sinner, the consummate sinner. Luke chapter 18, verse 13. 
The same thought is found in Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Being now justified by His blood. God tells us here, through Paul, that every believer in Christ is now justified. Not justified at some future time when he gets wholly sanctified or gets through purgatory or when he dies and gets to heaven. He is justified the moment he believes. Justified means more than forgiven. It means reckoned righteous. The whole verse means that God not only forgives, dismisses from his memory every sin the believer in Christ has ever committed, but that he also puts the perfect propitiation for sin to the believer's account because of the shed blood of Christ. Romans chapter 3, verses 25 through 26. All his absolutely perfect righteousness, as exhibited in the life of Jesus Christ, God manifested in the flesh. God delivered to the believer's account. Or, as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, American Standard Version, Him who knew no sin, he, God, made to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. When Jesus the Son of God shed his blood on the cross, and thus made a perfect propitiation for our sins, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, a propitiation perfectly acceptable to God. He took our proper place of curse and condemnation and rejection before God. The moment we take Him, we step into His place of perfect acceptance before God, and God looks at us, no matter how vile we may have been, through Jesus, and sees us covered all over from head to foot with His own perfect and glorious righteousness. If the vilest woman in Los Angeles would come in here, accept Jesus Christ as her personal Savior, surrender to Him as her Lord and Master, and confess Him as such before the world, the moment she did, every sin she had ever committed would be blotted out. She would be as perfect in her standing before God as the purest woman in this room. Some years ago, I was preaching one Sunday morning in the Moody Church in Chicago on Romans chapter 8, verse 1, American Standard Version. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. I made this remark. If the vilest woman in Chicago should come into the Chicago Avenue Church this morning and should right now accept Jesus Christ as her Savior, the moment she did, every sin she ever committed would be blotted out. Her record would be as white in God's sight as that of the purest woman in the room. Unbeknownst to me, one of the women of my congregation had gone out that very morning to one of the lowest dens of infamy in the city and sought out a woman, an utter outcast, and invited her to come to the church to hear me preach. But the woman replied, Church is not for the likes of me. I would not be welcome to church. To this the pure woman replied, you would be welcomed at our church, which, thank God, was true. But the woman said, No, church is not for the likes of me. Then the pure woman said, If you will go with me, I will go with you. No, the woman who was a sinner said, That would never do. The police know me, and the boys on the streets know me, and sometimes throw stones at me. If they should see you going up the street with me, they would think you were just such as I am. But the woman who was a saint said, I don't care what they think about me. If you will go with me, I will go with you. But the woman would not consent. At last they agreed on this, that the woman who was a saint would walk a few steps ahead, and the woman who was a sinner 
would come a few steps behind. So on they came, block after block, up LaSalle Avenue. The woman who was a saint a few steps ahead and the woman who was a sinner a few steps behind. At last they reached the Moody Church. The woman who was a saint ascended the stairs, entered the auditorium and took a seat. The woman who was a sinner followed, timidly pushed open the door, saw one vacant seat in the last row under the gallery and slipped into it. She had scarcely taken her seat when I made the statement, which I have just quoted, If the vilest woman in Chicago should come into the Chicago Avenue Church this morning and should right now accept Jesus Christ as her Savior, the moment she did, every sin she ever committed would be blotted out. Her record would be as white in God's sight as that of the purest woman in this room. My words went floating down over the heads of the audience and dropped down into the heart of this woman who was a sinner in the last seat underneath the gallery. She saw Jesus hanging on the cross in her place. She put her trust in Him, and God forgave her right there and put to her account all the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When the meeting was over, she came down the aisle weeping to meet me and to thank me for what God had done for her that morning. In the second place, we know by the experience of thousands that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. Thousands upon thousands of sinners some of them among the wickedest men and women that ever walked this earth, have testified of their cleansing like Paul, who rightfully said that he was the chief of sinners. Paul had stained his hands with the blood of a multitude of men, women, and children whose only crime was that they obeyed and confessed their rightful Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 1, verses 15-17 I say there are thousands upon thousands of sinners, including many of the worst the sinful world has ever known, who testify that the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed them from all sin and that the Holy Spirit today is bearing witness together with their spirit that they are children of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. If there is anything absolutely sure in this old world that is so full of doubt and uncertainty, It is that the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Let subtle and self-satisfied infidels and theologians speculate and split hairs to their heart's content as to what is philosophical and what is not, what is possible and what is not, what is God's word and what is not God's word. But this fact, not theological or philosophical speculation, but fact, stands absolutely and eternally sure. The blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. That is not something I guess, but something I know. I know it because God says so, and He cannot lie, and I know it by blessed personal experience. Years ago, I pumped my head full of a lot of evolutionary and other unproven and senseless philosophy, but even that was not able to drown out what I knew. The blood of Jesus had cleansed me from all sin. Praise God. What does the Bible mean when it says the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin? Now we come to the second question. What does the Bible mean when it says that the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin? The Bible makes it as clear as day. One of the many wonderful things about this wonderful book of God is that it interprets its own statements in an unmistakable way and therefore does not leave us at the mercy of priests or popes 
or any unconverted, unregenerated, sin-blinded theologians, Protestant or Roman Catholic, to get our interpretations. Those theologians are the ones that the subtle old enemy, the devil, has succeeded in packing some of our theological seminaries with. What then does the Bible mean when it says that the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin? To be more specific, does it mean that the blood of Jesus cleanses believers from the guilt their sins bring upon them, or does it mean that the blood of Jesus cleanses the believer from the very presence of sin itself? I say that the Bible itself answers these questions in unmistakable terms. If you will take your Bible and your concordance and look up every passage in the Bible where the word cleanse is used in connection with the word blood, you will find that in every instance, cleansing by blood is cleansing from guilt. We, of course, don't have time to read every single passage tonight, for they are very many, but if you will come to me at the close of this meeting, I will tell you where to find them. You can look them up for yourself and be convinced. Leviticus chapter 14, verses 19 through 31, chapter 16, verse 30, chapter 17, verse 11, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 8, Psalm 51, verse 7, Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, chapter 7, verse 14, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 22 through 23, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, Romans chapter 3, verse 25, chapter 5, verse 9, Matthew chapter 26, verse 28. The thought, then, of our text, interpreted in the light of the uniform and unvarying teaching of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, is that all who walk in the light are cleansed continuously. The present tense of cleanse is used, denoting continuous action. They are cleansed every day and every hour and every minute from all the guilt of sin. There is not one spot or trace of sin upon them in God's reckoning. There is absolutely no sin upon them, not one smallest speck. In moments of weakness and failure, there may still be sin in their conduct, but there is not one smallest sin on them in God's reckoning. It has all been settled, atoned for, and washed away forever by the atoning blood of Christ, shed on Calvary's accursed tree. It is not the blood of the crucified Jesus, but the indwelling life of the risen Jesus that saves from the power of sin. It will be the complete transforming power of the returning Lord Jesus who will make us like himself when he comes again. 1 John chapter 3 verses 1 through 2. This power will save us from the very presence of sin. But tonight, right now, any man, woman or child, no matter how long you may have continued in sin or how deeply you may have gone into sin, can be cleansed from every trace of guilt and become as absolutely sinless in God's reckoning as Jesus Christ himself is. You can become near, so very near to God, nearer I cannot be, for in the person of his Son I'm just as near as he. Dear, so very dear to God, dearer I cannot be, for in the person of his Son I am just as dear as he. Who is it that the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin? Now, there is just one more question, and it is one of great practical importance for us to answer, or rather for us to get God's answer to. Who is it that the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin? The text answers this question also. Listen, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, 
we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanseth us from all sin. Emphasis added. First, please notice the word us in cleanseth us from all sin. Who are meant by the us? God himself answers the question in the same book. Scripture. These things have I written unto you, even unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. 1 John 5, verse 13. The us, then, are those who believe on the name of the Son of God. But what does it mean to believe on the name of the Son of God? Again, we are not left to our own speculations and guesses, but God Himself answers this question in John 1, verse 12, American Standard Version. As many as received Him, to them gave He the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on His name. It is then those who receive Jesus that are the ones who believe on the name of the Son of God. They take Him to be what He offers Himself to be to everyone and anyone. They take Him to themselves to be their personal Savior by carrying their sin in His own body on the cross. They trust God to forgive them because Jesus died in their place, and they take Him as their Lord and King to whom they surrender the entire control of their thoughts and lives. Anyone who thus takes or receives Jesus believes on Him as the Son of God, and the blood of Jesus cleanses them from all sin. In the second place, notice what is said in the verse which we have taken for our text. Scripture If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanseth us from all sin. What does it mean to walk in the light? The truth is light error is darkness. The truth revealed in this book is light. God is light, 1 John 1, verse 5. Jesus Himself is the light of the world, John 8, verse 12. To walk in the light is therefore to walk in obedience to the truth, to walk as He whom we have accepted as our Lord and Master and risen Savior bids us to walk and empowers us to walk. To walk in the light is to walk in open confession of Christ, in obedience to His will as He reveals it in His Word, and to walk just as everyone who believes on His name, not merely professes to believe on His name, will walk. If anyone here, no matter what you have been in the past, even though you have been the vilest moral leper, thug, gunman, most outrageous infidel or blasphemer, If any man, woman, or child will right here and now accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you will be cleansed. If you trust God to forgive you because Jesus died in your place, and if you will surrender to Him as your Lord and King and confess Him as such tonight, you can go out of here and prove the reality of your faith by walking in the light. You certainly will walk in the light if you really accept Him as your crucified and risen Savior. The instant you do this, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all sin and keep cleansing you to all eternity. But if you do not do this, you will go out of here tonight utterly defiled by the guilt of your awful sins, far more awful in the sight of a holy God than you think, defiled and dishonored and accursed by the guilt of these sins forever and ever. Will you accept Him now?